morning, crypto. Good morning, Warriors. Hello and welcome back to another episode of your favorite crypto news channel, Good Morning Crypto, where we bring you the most relevant and impactful crypto-related topics from the top crypto research team in the world. I'm your host, Abs, joined by several members of our 3T family this morning. We got the Italian stallion, Mr. Johnny Crypto, Gonzo, also known as Super G, and we have a renowned educator in the XRP community and somebody many of our listeners know, James Rule XRP is in the building to discuss all the latest updates in the crypto market. So I'm very excited for this episode. Today on Good Morning Crypto, we'll be discussing how the tokenization of everything is underway with the XRPL taking center stage. We update our listeners on the impact NFTs will have on the real world economy, bringing new use cases to the internet. Co-founder of MakerDAO was found deceased in Puerto Rico this weekend, sending out several ominous messages before the incident. SEC Commissioner Hester Pierce is the latest government employee to criticize Gary Gensler, stating that the SEC's regulation by enforcement could be devastating for the industry. David Schwartz and Brad Garlinghouse are becoming more outspoken than ever against the SEC, as a new document has emerged from a former official stating that XRP is not a security. Central banks around the world are becoming more involved in the crypto sector. We discuss an update from Chainlink's co-founder stating they are about to unlock a multi-trillion dollar market. Our show is available on your favorite podcast platforms like Spotify and Apple Music. And for those of you listening via podcast, our show is live on YouTube Monday through Friday, 11 a.m. Eastern at the 3T Warrior Academy channel. So, Johnny Crypto, we are going right to you this morning, my friend, because we are going best for last. But I'm always excited for this episode. We got a bunch of great news prepared. But before we dive into that, how you feeling, my friend, and what's on your mind? Well, it's middle of the week. First of all, I want to say good morning to all the Warrior Maniacs out there. I love you guys. Pre- appreciate you for showing up every day. Good morning, Gonzo. Good morning, Abs. And more importantly, good morning to our special guest, James XRP. So happy to see you here, brother. It's been too long. And uh, we're super excited to have you on the show. Can't wait to hop into it. Remember, don't mess with Texas. Exactly, Johnny Crypto. And Gonzo, you're sporting the bull run gear. And for good reason, my friend, we got the FOMC meeting today, so we could get some movement in the market. But before we dive into that, how you feeling? And thank you for being here, Gonzo. I'm feeling good, man. Good morning, everybody. Uh, super excited to be here with James. It's always a, a great time just because we learn so much because he's always so deep into the, you know, XRP army or XRP community and, and all the knowledge that he has. So it's always awesome. But appreciate everyone being here. Like we understand that your attention is a, the most valuable currency, as I always say. So it's going to be a great show, dude. It's going to be awesome. We'll awesome. see what happens with that FOMC meeting, right? We might get a dip or I might buy like another little small piece of Bitcoin. We'll see where we go. We can talk about it later. It's an exciting time, James, and I think our listeners deserve it. First of all, you should flash your shirt because we already know what the theme of the episode is today. We're going at the SEC, respectfully, of course. But before we dive into that, I'd love to get some thoughts from James. Thank you for being here. Always exciting to have you on the show. How are you feeling, my friend? What's on your mind? Hey, first of all, you know, thanks for having me on the show. I tell you what, it was kind of last minute. This wasn't expected. Got my haircut yesterday. I tell you what, you know, everything's bigger. And t- I'm so excited you know, to be in this space. So many things have happened this week. XLS 20, minting on the XRP ledger. All these amicus briefs are being submitted and I'm part of one of them, which we'll get, we'll talk about here in a minute. But yeah, thanks guys for having me on the show. F the SEC. I had to wear my inaugural t-shirt today. So I love it, James. And with that (laughs) being said, we're going to get this show started the same way we always do by showing you our Good Morning Crypto Twitter account. That's at 3TGM Crypto. You get access to every single member of our team. Go smash that follow button. We love talking to you. 
The Bitcoin Fear and Greed Index is still in moderate fear. Nothing worth addressing this morning, sitting at a 30, but let's check out some of the daily movers. Overall, it looks like a very red day in the market. We've got Litecoin up 10%, but let's dive into the total coin market cap because we are back over $1 trillion. We are sitting just over $1 trillion with Bitcoin sitting at 38% dominance. Ethereum is about 19%. Bitcoin is sitting at $20,400. Ethereum, $1,500. XRP is $0.45. Cents. Polygon is $85. Litecoin is $60. Quant is 159 and Algorand is 34 cents. We can go through the entire coin market cap, but that's not why people are here, James. Before we dive into some of our articles, I'd love to hear some of your thoughts on the bear market and the way that you've been operating through these past few months. Well, you know, the, the last two years, if you're in the XRP community, have, have been devastating. You know, we, we've been fighting the fight, the bear market on everything else. Now, I'm not a day trader. I'm a long-term hodler. Not financial advice. Nothing I talk about today is financial advice. Yes, XRP's in my wallet, XLM, VeChain, XDC. I have a I have a shit ton of different wallets. But you know, the bear market, we're still early to the party. The DJ hasn't shown up to the party yet. I always say that on my YouTube channel, James Roy XRP. The DJ hasn't shown up to the party. But uh yeah, it's gonna take worldwide adoption for all these ecosystems, supply and demand, you know, for them all to come to fruition. And all we can do now is just be patient. You know, the Bugatti's idling, get excited. We're in it to win it. And from the wise words of Gandhi, Johnny Crypto, first they ignore you, then they laugh at you, then they fight you, SEC, and then you win. So before we start our episode, I'd love to get some thoughts from Johnny Crypto. We got 162 live listeners already joining us on this Wednesday. Show us some love. Smash that like button. If you want to know the theme of today's episode, check out James' shirt. But before we get into that, Johnny, what's on your mind? Oh, what's on my mind is how do I get one of those shirts, James? Tell our audience <laughs> how can get one of those. I know there's a bunch of people ready to sign up for that one. <laughs> that well, I, I, I found it on Google. I, I think it was in, on an Etsy site or something, but it's basically, it's got Securities and Exchange Commission <laughs> the year. It's got the uh, 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 Wall Street bets with the XRP glasses. And of course, at the bottom, it says FDSEC. Oh, uh, and I wear it in public. Hey, a, D, a DPS officer uh, the other day, I got out of my truck at a gas station. I was wearing it, and he gave me the thumbs up. <laughs> I was like, Come on, baby. Yeah, FDSEC, you know, so. There you go. Yeah. Gonzo, I'd love to get some thoughts from you really quick. We talked about how the FOMC meeting is today, and typically it leads to some price action. We're showing the chart to the previous six FOMC meetings and what took place right after. I'd love to hear some insight from you. What are you anticipating, and what typically happens after an FOMC meeting? Yeah, so we've already started to get, like, some pullback in all the alts. You showed the little bubbles there. Um, and then usually what we've had is uh, two o'clock Eastern is when uh, they put out the number. I think it's going to be 75 basis points, right? Um, BlackRock put something out with that they believe is going to be 75 basis points with maybe two smaller ones to follow. But usually what happens is we get our number, which I think is going to be 75. And then at about 2.30 is when Powell gives his little speech and he answers questions, right? And then what will happen is the market will rally. So on the technical side, um, if Bitcoin decides to pull back, I'm looking at like 19.3 to 19.5. And like I said, if I get down to that level, I might buy another piece, maybe like 500 bucks worth of Bitcoin just to add to my total. Um, but we'll see what happens. Um, that, you know, people are already talking about like this whole pivot thing, but what, what they need to understand is that Powell based everything on his data, on the data, right? And the data last time didn't look so good, right? It's a lagging indicator, but unemployment actually um, went down. It went from 3.75 to 3.5, which means there are less people unemployment. There are more people finding jobs. So that's going to give him more room 
to continue to raise rates, right? The other thing yep. that they're going to look at is core CPI. And the core CPI went from 6.3 to 6.6. So it's actually going up. So for me, that tells me that he's going to do 75. I wouldn't be surprised if he does something like 75. We get 75 in December, right? 75 or 50 is what the guess is. But that he continues to either talk about uh, maybe a pause or something dovish uh, and, and we get some kind of rally. The other thing to look at is the DXY, right? It's the counterbalance to our market. And yeah. so we got to see what the DXY does if it starts to pump. Yes, and this is an interesting tweet from BitBoy. Before we get into our news for today, he shared a very sim- <clears throat> sorry, very similar opinion to you, Gonzo. He said the Fed, the Fed will raise rates by 75 basis points today, and it's probably baked in. We'll probably see a dump leading into announcement, and then when Powell gets on the mic, we're going to see a slow slide into the market. But with that being said, let's get into some of the more exciting news because James Rule XRP is in the building, so that's exactly what we're going to talk about today. Earlier this week, we had Coinbase as well as a list of other companies file in support of Ripple, and Coinbase actually argued earlier this week that the SEC has cost XRP investors over $15 billion in losses. Before we dive into the details, I'd love to give you the floor, James. What do you think about all the amicus briefs that have been filed over the previous week? And why do you think so many global companies are starting to support Ripple despite the news with the SEC? Well, you know, this is the pretty much the lawsuit of the century. This lawsuit is going to be the determining factor of all other digital assets that are going to be uh, up in front with the SEC, <laughs> you know, regulating by enforcement. We deserve a level playing field. All these amicus briefs, even though they were last minute, I mean, it's showing the world that the SEC has done wrong. You know, we have proof. We have documentation for the past two years. You know, the longer the SEC waits, the worse it's getting for this lawsuit. So, you know, Coinbase really surprised me because I thought Coinbase was in bed with the SEC. I'm really surprised that they they got their amicus brief in. But yeah, I mean, if they're going to put the amicus in, why don't they just go ahead and relist XRP on Coinbase? Come on, baby. Come it's on, Brian. It's only a matter of time. Relist it's only- it, man. What, what the hell? What you waiting for, man? But, you know, Uphold, hey, I got a hats off to Uphold. They, they never wussed out. They have continued to allow XRP on the platform. I had to put that little two cent in there. You know, James, <laughs> you mentioned that. We talked about that yesterday on the show where Uphold, BitTrue, and K- and KuCoin, all three were there all during this whole time. But everybody else, where the hell have they been for two years? All of a sudden now, I'm not scared, everybody. I'm scared. Every, yeah, James, everybody <laughs> sees the writing on the wall. It's the ninth inning. The Yankees, there are the teams up by 10 nothing, and now they want to jump in on the ring. Oh, we support you. Yeah, that's pretty easy. You should have been here two years ago. That's the part that I laugh about. Everybody wants to be on the winning side. They were all just sitting there shaking in their boots, waiting to see who's going to win. And now that they see XRP is going to win, uh, Ripple's going to win, now they're like, okay, yeah, we'll come out and support you. It's it's just laughable, man. It's really laughable. Dude. Johnny, and check out this update we got from Crypto Erie yesterday, stating that Coinbase listed XRP in 2019, suspended trading in January 2021, announced an IPO only eight days later, then went public on April 14th. Gary Gensler came into office only 72 hours later. You talk about exposing the game, it's right in front of you. Exactly. And there ain't no way. I suspect they won't list it, relist it because they're not going to want to, you know, take a chance getting getting hit by the SEC. I, I assume everybody's going to wait now that we're so close to the end. They're probably going to wait for the announcement. Um, it'll be interesting to see, though, if anybody does. But what you might start to see is XRP volume starting to shift to the exchanges behind the scenes as they start to load their bags up so they can when they're ready to relist, they can't just <laughs> relist and not have the 
the uh, liquidity there. So I suspect you'll start to see big movements in wallets behind the scenes as we start to get close. But So keep an eye on the XRP price. That's how I think you're going to know when this when lawsuit's over. Yes, and Gonzo, I'm going to come right to you. I just want to give our listeners one final Coinbase update. As the SEC and Coinbase may not actually be working together, the Coinbase was very critical of the SEC, stating that the SEC has failed to give the crypto world any notice at all or any guidelines to abide by. Gonzo, I'd love to give you the floor, and then we're going to dive into our articles for today because this this is only the beginning. Yeah, that's what I was going to make a comment on. I want to read this because I wrote it down because I think it was it was really important because I, I reviewed kind of the amicus brief, and it says, the indirect impact of creating this legal uncertainty is not fully quantifiable, but is likely far in excess of 15 billion loss to retail customers. Um, that's huge, $15 billion, right? It goes on to talk about that there's still, even after the lawsuit, there is no regulatory framework, right? Even to this day, and that the SEC continues to basically do enforcement, uh, regulation by enforcement, right? Um, so pretty strong language. It talks about like the amount of loss to the company, to retail investors, to the uh, actually investors that like are in ripple. Um, you know, at the time that this all happened, it talks about in the amicus brief, there were 200 exchanges that delisted it, right? There were billions of dollars in monthly like, um, revenue that was being generated between selling and, um, uh, buying right and all of that went away right and and one of the other points that they had made is that that's so much volume that's so much money right that was going through it that if they would have known that it was illegal then they wouldn't have participated right so they're basically yeah. saying like they didn't know obviously they didn't know because you had billions of dollars that were at stake and nobody would put that kind of money into it if they had any hint that maybe it was a security or that it was illegal Yes, and James, I'm coming right back to you because we're showing our listeners a list of all the amicus briefs that were filed this week in support of Ripple. And there's a couple of very large names on here. We got Coinbase, we've got John Deaton, we've got the Blockchain Association, but also we have Valley Capital, which is what I'd love for you to speak about. What are you anticipating here? We've got all these amicus briefs filed, all the different use cases outlined for XRP. But the one thing I do want to focus on is that the Blockchain Association, which is the largest 150 American companies who are working in blockchain, filed in support of Ripple. And just to give you a little backdrop, some of the largest names in the space, I believe it's Consensus, JP Morgan, Ripple, Coinbase, the list goes on and on. They're all supporting Ripple now. I'd love to give you the floor and get some of your thoughts. I know you're involved in one of these briefs. What are you anticipating, my friend? Well, you know, they're all getting involved because this is going to be, like I stated before, the lawsuit of the century. Uh, they know that that the world, the United States, deserves a level playing field. And yeah, Val Hill Capital. If you didn't know, I'm I'm very good friends. I'm a business partner with Jimmy Valley, Val Hill Capital. You know, we we've talked about a lot of things over the past two years. Everybody's given a shit over this uh, buyback proposal. But you know what? If not for us, who? Uh, if we don't do it and, and give the lawmakers or maybe the feds an idea. Who, who's going to do it? So you can talk shit all you want. I mean, pardon my language, but, but yeah, Val Hill Capital. Uh, the when back in uh, October of 2020, we decided to build a relationship. Val Hill Capital uh, purchased Astrolite Media Group. I'm now the CEO of Astrolite Media Group. I get paid in XRP as a, as an income every month. I don't get fiat. I don't get a paycheck. I get XRP. 
I take my Uphold MasterCard. I'll go get gas. I'll go get Starbucks coffee with my Uphold MasterCard. You know, if the SEC deems XRP a security, our whole business structure is screwed. At Val Hill Capital's entire umbrella business structure involves XRP, instant payments. Everybody that's involved in the umbrella uses XRP, receives XRP as an income. So this is massive. You know, he filed the amicus brief. I'm 100% behind it. I have created a video yesterday on my YouTube channel. I'll go to it in detail. You'll understand that XRP is not a, not a current, uh, not a security. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm stuttering today. I've already had my coffee. But uh, yeah, you know, all these companies, Blockchain Association is massive. There's so many companies in the Blockchain Association. You have the Chamber of Digital Commerce. You have John Deaton representing over 75,000 holders of XRP and cryptocurrencies around the world. Amicus, you know, we, we turned in our uh, affidavits months ago. 3,000 XRP holders' affidavits have been submitted to the courts. And we're waiting for an answer. It's huge. It's massive. Wow. It's 3,000 3, XRP holders' affidavits were submitted to the court. Wow. Johnny Crypto, we got 238 live listeners joining us. Show us some love. Smash that like button. James Rule XRP is in the building. So I think our listeners know what we're going to be focused on. But you brought up something very important. Johnny, just give me one second to pull up this tweet. We are showing a tweet from Hester Pierce criticizing the SEC about how they've gone about regulating the cryptocurrency market and specifically the way that Gary Gensler has been communicating with individual crypto products. So Pierce has similarly found the innovations to be effectively meaningless. She said in the SEC's past meetings with crypto companies, they've led to nowhere by design. What the SEC is doing here is they're coming in, inviting crypto companies to come in, meet with them, share their information. Then they're using that exact same information against them in a court of law. Johnny Crypto, before we dive into some articles, what do you think about Hester Pierce, a current SEC commissioner, criticizing her own agency? I, I talked about this yesterday. I absolutely love this. I mean, I love this woman. I, I've, you know, it's just amazing. That's crypto that, mom. That's why they yeah, call it crypto mom. I love crypto mom. I mean, if I went and criticize my boss, I'd probably get fired. So kudos to her for not getting fired. You know, and, and she's obviously in a good position where she feels confident to do that. Most people don't have the balls to do that. So again, kudos to her for doing that. That is awesome to call out where you see something that's not proper i mean let's face it we know that brad said he went in where's our girl angela angela are you out there today i don't see her five times five times he went out there five times the ripper went to the sec to work this out to try to get this figured out and what happened pow they get slapped with a lawsuit so why would anybody in the world go work with the sec when you know the outcome is going to be you walk in the door you show them your cards and then pow you get slapped with a lawsuit i mean it's just it's it's like shooting yourself in the foot if you're the SEC, because nobody's going to come in and work with you if that's the the um, the process or procedure that you're going to follow. Why would any? There's no incentive. So you got to hope that at the end of this lawsuit, like James said, it will set some precedent either way. Uh, we're we're going to get some clarity on what what it is and, and how to operate going forward. And hopefully at that point, the SEC will change the way they're playing the game and come out and actually work with these companies, because God knows that's what we need for adoption to happen. Thank you, Johnny. And I want to read one more quote before we kick it to James and Gonzo here. It said, if you're going to tell people to come in, people need to see them walking out the front door and coming out again, holding an exemption order or something to push their business forward. But if you see people walking into the SEC building and then walking out with an enforcement action, people aren't going to want to come in and meet with that regulatory agency. James Rule, why don't you just expose the game very briefly for our listeners? Hester Pierce is telling them, 
you're coming to meet with the SEC, you're probably walking out with an enforcement action. Why the hell would anybody be willing to meet with that agency? Uh, it, it's, it's horrible. It's criminal. It's hypocritical. Uh, you know, as a content creator, as a crypto educator, I always tell people it's, it's going to take education. We're going to have to educate Congress, representatives. You know, if, you, if you're not voting this year in the United States or if you haven't voted and the wrong person gets selected, don't come bitching. If you don't vote, you cannot speak your part. So it's going to take education, education. You know, us on crypto Twitter, on YouTube, yeah, we know about all these blockchain ecosystems. We know about the the good parts of cryptocurrency. We're, we're not talking about, you know, what the government talks about, money laundering, criminal activities, all this other bullshit. We know the good in crypto. We know the good in blockchain because we deal with these uh, ecosystems every day and we, and we interview them. I've interviewed many projects that are that are finding a problem. They're creating a solution. But yeah, the SEC, uh, it's horrible. It's criminal. Uh, hopefully Congress does something. Hopefully these midterm elections will make a determining factor. And that's pretty much it. That's awesome. And Gonzo, I'd love to know if you have any closing remarks because we're about to dive into how XRP just launched NFTs on their ledger. So pretty exciting time. Yeah, you know, just real quick, it just goes into uh, the fair notice defense, right? You had all these meetings between Ripple and uh, the SEC. And so they can now, they can't say that something's illegal later on and didn't provide any like framework or actually notice that it was illegal, right? And it goes to the argument that the SEC had plenty of opportunity that whole time to tell them that what they were doing was wrong, but they didn't say anything. So they, they can't now, like years later, all of a sudden sue them, right? That's the whole premise of the fair notice that's that argument. Yes, so. and I'd love to build on that, Gonzo, because we always highlighted, why do you think some of these banks like JP Morgan and Jamie Dimon, why are they so critical of, of the cryptocurrency innovation? It's very simple. Every year, banks make trillions of dollars transferring money cross-border. All they're doing is sending your money from, let's say, London to the United States. They'll take up to 17% of your cash for sending that transaction. You want to do the same thing using XRP? It's going to cost you less than a fraction of a penny. And that's what we're talking about every day on our channel. We got 256 lab listeners joining us. Show us some love. Warrior, smash that like button and check out this beautiful article as NFTs have just gone live on the XRPL. And we're talking about the tokenization of everything underway. So on October 31st, the blockchain supports NFTs after a vote approved by rolling out the technology. David Schwartz said the goal is to enable the mass adoption of tokenization, representing the ownership of real-world assets through NFTs. By offering lower costs, higher speeds, and improved security over existing blockchains, we could see XRP squeeze out Ethereum. You're going to see projects based on things like carbon credits, real estate ownership, and all kinds of different use cases coming to the XRPL. Anything that you can own or, some, or something that is unique, well, that's going to be represented in an NFT, and we are just seeing this start here today in 2022. So James, XRPL is adding NFTs. Massive utility is coming to the network. What are you anticipating, my friend? Man, I, I tell you what, it is beyond massive. Uh, fractions of a penny. And not only for NFTs, you know, David Swartz, CTO of Ripple, reiterated that you're going to be able to tokenize real estate. You're going to be able to tokenize anything. Anything that has value, you're going to be able to tokenize. And the other day, uh, Xpunks on XRP had a Twitter Spaces David Schwartz actually made an appearance. He spoke. He talked about this. Vitsevin with XRPL Labs showed up. You know, there was like 1,500 people on the Twitter spaces. It was incredible. 
And to see David Schwartz attend, we were all like, oh, shit, here he is, you know. So, yeah, it, it's incredible. I'm, I'm really excited for all these projects that have been waiting so long to mint their NFTs. It's going to bring in masses to the XRP ledger. Yeah, there's been a couple of hiccups already. I went to mint uh, an X-Punk last night on XRP, and they had a little bit of glitch, but I minted it this morning. I created a YouTube video, simple, attach your sum wallet. I'll tell you what, the future is here on the XRP ledger. And you're looking at it, my friend. And Johnny, what gets so exciting here is that everything that's a real-world asset is going to have an NFT represented on the XRPL blockchain. And when David Schwartz talks about things like carbon credits and real estate ownership, those are just two of the most simple use cases. You can really take this any direction you'd want, but I'd love to get some of your thoughts. We know that Flare is going to be launching DeFi on the XRPL. Now we've got NFTs coming to our marketplace. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's one of those things where the ladies are going to be really, really happy. Abs is going to be able to NFTize his tank tops and his socks. I know they're going to be looking for that. So that's going to be exciting. You're going to see celebrities NFTizing everything. It's just going to be one of those things where everything in its moment is going to be NFT. Uh, and I think that actually, believe it or not, is the real world use case utility. Right now, you got everybody selling, you know, images of monkeys and apes and all this other stuff going on. And the reality is, the use case of those, everybody's trying to make one up, but the real use cases are when it solves a problem, when it solves and makes life simpler, an unmet need, right? So if my real estate documents become my deeds and or you know our, our, our licenses and all that stuff, that's when you're really going to see real-world use cases. And that's what we talk about in the show all the time. You want to own the rails of those. I don't want to own a, some picture of a monkey, right? But I want to own the rails of the system that's selling those pictures because that's where the real money is going to be made. That's how the rich get richer. That's what we're trying to do on this show is help you understand where those rails are. Do your homework, of course. We're not financial advisors, not financial advice, but that is where the real money is made. Gonzo, and I'm coming to you here because he specifically mentioned how the XRPL is going to offer lower costs, higher speed, and improved security over competitors like Ethereum. We call you the Ethereum expert in our group. Are you sweating over there? Uh, no, not really, man. I think there's plenty of... Uh, what, I, what I'm excited about the XRPL is, I mean, we're just starting out, right? The things that they're going to create in the future, right? Like, it's the token, like what James is saying, it's the tokenization of everything, right? Things that we haven't even thought of are coming. We're so, so early. We just got smart contracts on Monday. Um, it's going to be huge, right? There's a reason why Collecti went from Ethereum to the XRPL, right? That's going to be huge, right? X royalty, right? That's coming to the XRPL. So it, it, it's going to be huge. But yeah, I think the world's big enough for, for Ethereum uh, uh, and XRP. Yeah, Thank you, Gonzo. Oh, go ahead. They're going to they're gonna coexist. The only thing that's going to kill Ethereum is Ethereum. I think at the end of the day, though, Collecti made a smart move. Shout out to our man Summon, who's in the in the chat today. They made a smart move, right? They had to make a decision. And what happened? They decided to go with XRP because of its efficiency, um, speed, transactions, all those benefits of the XRP ledger that just, you know, is really going to highlight the differences between that and Ethereum. But again, uh, Ethereum will, will do things to... They're just so big and they've got so much of a mover advantage. It's going to be really hard to see them lose that abs. But I do think you'll see some coexistence there. James, that, hey, hey, was that the Bee Gees I just heard? I was going to say, that's a good one <laughs> on our show. Whenever yes, Johnny it was, baby. Off, you know yes. we're having a good episode. But I want to read one last tweet from David Schwartz. As he tweeted out just yesterday, tokenization is not new to the XRPL, but it presents a key milestone for developers and creators. 
They're going to be able to tokenize any asset and build innovative Web3 products with utility on the XRPL. Johnny Crypto, I think this is actually a good time to show our listeners the smartest way to track your cryptocurrency. We got 301 live listeners joining us and so much news to get into. This is a good time for us to take a little break and check out the smartest way to track your crypto. Have you gotten wrecked in the crypto market space or watched your crypto portfolio go all the way up and then all the way down without taking profits? If so, it's probably because you didn't have an exit plan. The good news is that doesn't need to happen anymore thanks to a new and innovative crypto tracker called Merlin. It's the smartest way to track your crypto. Merlin brings all your coins into one place so you can see all your assets across the different exchanges on one screen. You can see your total portfolio value and more importantly, your daily gains, losses, and total since inception. Merlin puts the power back in your hands so you no longer have to guess what your portfolio is doing on a daily or monthly basis. Most importantly, Merlin lets you create an exit plan and sends you notifications when your targets are reached so you no longer have to get wrecked in the marketplace. Go to MerlinCrypto.com. That's MerlinCrypto.com and sign up for early access for our free free 30-day trial and get on the wait list so you can receive an email when the product is launched this fall. Don't miss out on this new and innovative app, Merlin. It's the smartest way to track your crypto. Ah, mute button, Johnny. Yeah, so we're we're getting excited here as we're we're getting closer to the uh, Merlin launch. Uh, we did send out our first welcome email to everybody who joined the waitlist. I am excited to tell you that we also have some partnerships we're working on. I can't tell you who those partners are yet, but we are excited that there's several crypto educators out there that have uh, have have an interest in Merlin, and you'll be getting that information shortly. So stay tuned, pay attention to that. Uh, We've got some really, really exciting news on the forefront as we get ready to launch Merlin. Very, very interesting time. And we got a live update from JP Morgan here as JP Morgan has executed its first live trade on public blockchains using DeFi, tokenized deposits, and verifiable credits. Let's break down exactly why this is so important, James, because we had Coinbase backing Ripple against the SEC, which of course we've already addressed. But I'm sure many of our listeners are unaware that JP Morgan CEO Jamie Dimon held many secret meetings with Coinbase CEO Brian Armstrong back in 2018. During these secret meetings, they discussed the real-world use cases of cryptocurrencies and actually worked on beta testing all the way back in 2018 when Jamie Dimon was firing employees for purchasing Bitcoin. With that being said, we can dive into some more details, but I'd love to stop there and get some thoughts from James. James, we always talk about how they say one thing and they do another. We had Jamie Dimon firing employees for purchasing crypto, but using it in his own portfolio. You know, they, they don't want us to be rich. The banks don't want us to be rich. The CEOs don't want us to be rich. You know, they're always do as I say, not as I do. If you're buying Bitcoin in 2017, Jamie Dimon said, I'm going to fire your ass. So they know, the SEC knows, the U.S. government knows that we are at the right place at the right time. We 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 beat the DJ to the party. <laughs> and they know it. And they're so pissed off because so many of us are invested in these technologies just like, the Amazon, when it was Amazon Books, Brad Groninghouse has brought that up. Uh, it, it's crazy. I mean, we're, we're, we're getting all the details. It's all coming out, all this back news, all this stuff, this garbage is coming out. But, you know, we're in it to win it. <laughs> and I'm a long-term hodler, and they could all kiss my ass. And this is what's really interesting, James. <laughs> That's the rattlesnake right there. I've seen Exactly. That. And you know what? We we cover something called the rat snake weasel index on this show, and we pretty much cover it every day. Jamie Dimon is probably at the head of that list, along with Gary Gensler, but for good reason. Yeah, Kramer. 
That's yeah, don't forget Jim Cramer. That's what I'm going to break down right now. So for many years, Jamie Dimon, who's the CEO of JP Morgan, was extremely critical of not only Bitcoin, but cryptocurrencies overall. So the, his stance to be bullish on crypto, now that JP Morgan's actually using the currency, this is a very big deal for the industry. And that's what this article is highlighting here. Gonzo, I'd love to just get some closing remarks. We briefly covered this article yesterday, but JP Morgan is now using cryptocurrency to facilitate trades. What's that mean to you, my friend? Yeah, I mean, it's super critical. But if you see, I mean, his narrative hasn't changed at all as far as like, you know, he called Bitcoin. He said it was used for nefarious reasons. Um, you know, it was used for sex trafficking and stuff. I think the underlying thing is that it's an attack against decentralization, right? So he's okay with CBDC or JP Morgan coin. That's okay, right? That's going to be safe. But anything that's decentralized and it goes into the bigger argument um, that, that we have, um, he's not, he's going to be totally against, right? And that's why he hates Bitcoin so much because it's the most decentralized, right? Exactly, yeah. Gonzo. And that's what we're going to break down now. Johnny, I don't know if you had any closing comments, but we're about to show our listeners how real-time payments are already transforming banking. And we're going to hear from a CEO right now. But before we do that, any closing remarks, Johnny K? Um, that, you know, I was just going to say that at the end of the day, um, well, we got a question out here from the audience on James on XRP. <laughs> He's trying to see if James had his, wanted to put his two cents in here on if people, if James, what do you think? Are we looking at five digits? I keep getting this question all the time. Hey, I tell you what, if there's enough supply and demand, if all the money's running on the XRP ledger, if all these projects, all these NFTs continue to build on the XRP ledger with XRP being deflationary for every transaction, hey, there's a real good possibility in the next, I don't know, how long is it going to take? I'm not a, I'm Let's, not a genie. I don't have a genie. Are we genie talking five mind. digits? Are we talking five digits here? Because that, that can be quite a while. Come on, give me, give me five digits. Come on, I'll take it. Let's go, baby. I'll take hey, it. Go. If they're gonna do five digits, it's gonna come from this market. We're about to dive into the details of how the banking sector is already adopting digital assets, and this is a multi-trillion-dollar market we're talking about. And I do want to remind our listeners very quickly, James. I think this is a good talking point here. What XRP solves is the Nostro Vostro issue. Anybody who just got into this space, what a Nostro Vostro account is, is when banks are transferring money, they're going to transfer a million dollars. There needs to be a million dollars in both locations. So when you have a, a currency that sits in the middle, you're able to remove the back end supply. So that means you could free up to 50% of total liquidity. And that only happens through digital assets. So James, when you talk about a five digit XRP, I think that's the roadmap for how we get there. The banks, they adopt these assets and the multi-trillion dollar floodgates they go wide open. So any quick remarks there, James? Yeah, I mean, all the money, how, how many quadrillions are hidden? How many quadrillions are not on the papers? You know, you get the feds, what is, I don't know how many trillions the feds said that the U.S. or the U.S. is in debt. How many dollars have been printed that have not been documented? That's what I want to know. That's a great question. That's the question. But yeah, all the money, is, if all the money is running on these ecosystems, yeah, you're looking at several digits for each digital asset. None of this is financial advice, but back up the fucking truck is all I got to say. <laughs> exactly. And that's a, Johnny, that's a great place to slide into this article. So we're going to talk about how real-time payments are going to spark the lending digital transformation. And so we have the CEO here talk about how predictions are extremely hard, especially about the future. But when you're talking about technological evolution, that's much easier to predict. And what we're witnessing right now with the banking sector is it takes over 20, so it takes 21 days to create a habit it takes 65 crazes to cement that behavior. We are three years into the C19 protocols, and many of the general public is more than comfortable doing their banking online, which was not the case back in 2019. They're talking about how the digital lending opportunity 
basically gets rid of many of the risks that are evolved with traditional assets. The advancement of instant payments from the Federal Reserve, eventually rolling out a central bank digital currency next year, is going to open the floodgates for on-demand liquidity, says this financial advisor. Financial institutions are going to have to recognize the impact of a central bank digital currency in America, what that could do to debit cards, credit cards, and ACH wires. Over the next three years, we're going to see the digital transformation of our banking sector happen in real time. And just 36 months from now, you could be looking at a completely different environment. And that's a great time to just talk about the ISO coins, James, because that's what we always talk about on our channel. When they do switch over SWIFT into these new ISO protocols, these six or seven tokens are some that we believe are going to be the most important. I'd love to get your thoughts on what we just covered there. Not only the fact that the banking sector is going through an evolution, but the fact that ISO coins are going to become more important than ever. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be massive. I mean, you know, ACH right now, it, it takes, you know, you could you could get a suitcase full of $100 bills and fly them to another country faster than sending them through the banking system today. ISO 2022 messaging standards. I don't know which one of these ecosystems are going to be the, the elite ISO 2022 blockchain ecosystems, <laughs> but... I'll tell you what, looking at all of these listed here, I have a little bit, if not a lot of each one of these in my crypto bags. And you're a smart man, James. We got all these different currencies starting to get involved and the market has only moved based on speculation so far. So I can only imagine when a real utility comes in, the multiple of liquidity that that's going to provide for many of these projects. Johnny Crypto, I'd love to get some thoughts from you on the upgrade that's taking place in the banking system. The digital channel must be efficient or more efficient than traditional assets because once you shift into digital, there's no going back. And I think that's really the theme of the episode. Once this uh, once the system takes place, it's the haves versus the have-nots. And all of our listeners, you're on the right end of that, my friends. Yeah, and what you're seeing here and the reason why this is going to take a long time is you actually hinted on this earlier in the show. You have a bunch of people right now, companies, I should say, not people, companies that have already put a system in place that makes a shit ton of money on transactions. 18%, I think is what you said, right? That, that they're sending money over. Now, all these, these, the, the, this pot of money or what you might want to call their golden goose or golden eggs creators, um, they don't want to lose that 18%. That's a big hit to them, right? So they have to figure out now, how do they get a piece of this game? How do they preserve whatever you know if the, the, the golden gag goose was making them 18 percent this new system's coming along that makes a half a percent right now that's not going to work and so that's why i think you're seeing everybody in the background all these companies figuring out what system's coming how do we make this work how do we make money off it what's the business model that that's at the end of the day if you bring it down to the fundamentals guys this is just all about the money and the question is how are these companies going to stay in business and make money once they figured that out, and that's happening right now as we speak, or it's probably already been figured out now they're putting the systems in place, that's when you'll see the the final adoption where you'll you'll start to get the systems in place, and then a few years or a few months, years after that, you'll start to see adoption coming up. They have to figure out how they're going to keep their money. They ain't giving it up. The people in power never lose their power, right? It's just too much. So that's what's going to be interesting here behind the scenes of what's happening. This change is coming. But it's going to take time to the big boys figure out how they're going to keep their money. John, Johnny, I, I agree. And and you know, here, what a year from now, maybe two years from two years from now, you're going to be able to walk into your bank and mm -hmm. say, "Look, I want to buy some Bitcoin, or I want to yep. put some get some XRP." And the banks are going to make five or ten percent. They're not going yep. to know about wallets or distributed ledger technology behind the scenes. They're just going to say, 
Okay, uh, Mr. James, uh, you want $100 worth of Bitcoin? We're going to charge you a 10% fee. Thank you. Spank you very much. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. That's exactly right. They just have to figure it out. They go, hey, how are we going to make money? How are we going to get from other places, right? That's just, they just, that's just the natural thing of how things have to work, James. And I think there's going to be a lot more of that. Them, you know, money here. You're going to see fees and transactions everywhere. But the nice thing is, I tried to send money the other day, a wire. I put it in like, you know, Friday night, freaking thing didn't get there till Tuesday because nobody works on the weekend in the bank. Crazy. I sent some crypto. The shit was there in three, you know, eight minutes. Done. Yep. I mean, we got an archaic system. It has to go, it will go away. Again, we're just watching the transition of how they're going to go from making money at 18% to making money in this new system. And it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. Johnny, and we always talk about problem, reaction, solution, and I think that's what the C-19 crisis had something to do with. I'm not going to say that was the entire narrative, but shifting us into a more digital environment, that's exactly what the banking system is highlighting here. It said three years from now, in 2025, you're going to see a remarkably different banking environment. Each bank's evolution should be fully ingrained by then so that the life-changing events like buying a house, planning for an education and retirement can all take place on the blockchain running in the background. Consumers have gotten used to banking with their mobile devices and tablets since the C-19 crisis, and this is just another step in that evolution. Gonzo, I'd love to get some quick remarks from you. Then we're going to dive into some Chainlink news talking about how they're working with SWIFT to unlock trillions of dollars. It's not just XRP. Yeah, I think everybody's already kind of said it and made comments on it, right? But it's basically a, a market disruptor, right? Uh, like James was saying, like you, when you send a wire transfer, they're going to charge you, especially when you're talking about big amounts of money. If you're talking about the millions, it ends up being a lot of money, right? And it takes a long time to get there. Um, and so uh, these banks are going to have to evolve, right? Evolve or die, right? Money is going to at some point move at the speed of light. And if these guys don't get onto that like train, they're going to get left behind. Boom, and that's a great place to get into our next article as Chainlink's creator makes crypto prediction for 23 as Swift's partnership enters a new phase. And we talked about how this partnership may not directly affect the token. Well, let's break into some of the details here. So their CEO is making some predictions for crypto and blockchain technology for 2023. He said that with certain security advancements and more crypto applications will be starting to use multiple blockchains with one caveat, and that is it's going to take time to create that security. I expect it to start to take hold more and more in 2023. In the coming year, I imagine we're going to be seeing more applications start becoming hyper-connected between blockchains and starting to become composed of multiple parts on different chains. Now, typically, we've highlighted the use cases of Quant on this channel, but when we talk about Chainlink, they're accomplishing a very similar goal. We're able to make an increasingly secure system that can handle a higher throughput with higher amounts of value, just like we've been able to do on the data side. But here's what's really interesting is that the collaboration with Swift will allow independent smart contracts to integrate with 10, 15 or more blockchains. It's going to accelerate the, the value for banks and accelerate the appearance of value from the banking sector, which has hundreds of trillions of dollars of value yet to be unlocked. Uh, James Rule, we always talk about XRP and you are James Rule XRP, but I'd love to get some of your thoughts on what Chainlink is doing here because they are also working with the banks on enhancing smart contracts to work with multiple blockchains. So just a really brief introduction here. We always talk about how when the internet was created and TCP IP was formed, the use cases dramatically expanded for the internet. This is a very similar event happening for blockchain. So I'm interested to hear, what are you anticipating? You know, I look at it like, you know, when cell phones first came out, if you had a Verizon phone, 
you can only speak someone with a Verizon phone. If you had an AT&T phone back in the 90s, you could only communicate with somebody with an AT&T phone. And the, the years have progressed. Everything's interoperable now. The internet, cell phones. Uh, I'm wishing that all of these use case utility ecosystems are successful. I'm, I'm, I have a big bag of XRP. I have many bags of other things. I consider myself a use case maxi. I'm not going to call myself an XRP maxi because I have other ecosystems in my bags. But yeah, Chainlink, if they make it happen, let's go for it. Interoperability is going to be key. When you look at CBDCs, when you look at different currencies, different ecosystems, it's going to take 100% interoperability with all these ecosystems to intermesh to make the world a better place. And like I said, use case utility, I'm a use case maxi. Let's do it. No matter who it is, let's do it. I'm, I'm behind all of them. You know, that is beautiful because everybody says all the time, oh, what are you guys, your XRP maxis or Bitcoin? That's so, I'm going to use that for now. And thanks for that, for that new term, James, because that's what we are here. We're utility maxis or use case maxis because that's what we look for in this stuff. And we, I, we say it all the time in this show. I don't care who wins. You want, I want to have multiple horses in this race because I don't know who's going to win. However, what you talked about was very interesting with the phones talking together. Same thing with the email systems, right? We had the same thing in the 90s where if you, had a, if you were on an email system, only Apple could talk to Apple computers and in, in different, you know, IBMs, IBMs. And then TCPIP came along and kind of said, okay, this is how we're going to work together. And that's exactly what Quant and Link are doing, which is, hey, how do we bring this thing so we have some common language, you know, a layer on top of a layer, which brings all these things together. And I think that's why it's so important. Like, I don't know who's going to win. I don't know if it's going to be Link. Is it going to be Quant? Is it going to be, you know, some other protocol? So you just want to make sure, like you said, James, that you are doing the homework and making sure you got a few horses in those races. And I love that utility, utility maxi. That's a beautiful one. Thanks for that. Gotta love it. And Gonzo, I'd love to get some thoughts from you here because Swift announced their partnership with Chainlink and let's dive into some of the details. So the CEO gave an update on Chainlink's partnership with Swift using the CCPIP technology that will allow for elaborate communication between blockchains. He said there's strong demand among banking institutions to have the capability of operating across multiple blockchains. Now that we're working through the early stages of the second proof of concept with Swift, multiple banks will be able to communicate using both public and private blockchains. This is important because collateral and liquidity live on different blockchains, whether it's public or private. Both are going to be used for liquidity, Gonzo. I'd love to get some thoughts from you. JP Morgan's really connected to Ethereum here, but we're seeing Swift be connected to Chainlink. What does that mean to you? This is why I've been dollar cost averaging into Link, right? They started off like as an Oracle. These guys are continuing to build in the bear market. And what an Oracle does is it provides live data feeds to the blockchain, right? And so now these guys are evolving. They've not only changed their tokenomics where they're going to bring in staking, but now it looks like what they're trying to do is interconnect blockchain. And what we've said is that it's going to be like the future is going to be interoperability, right? That's going to be key. And so that's why I'm placing my bet on Link, and that's why I've been dollar cost averaging. Thank you, Gonzo. And with so much exciting news going on in the market today, it's very interesting to see that JP Morgan continues to come up behind the scenes. But we got 308 live listeners joining us. Show us some love. Smash that like button. If you want James Rule's XRP shirt, I don't know how to get one, but I'd love to have one as well. So we're going to dive into some of the details here because the United States Government of Accountability in 2014 not only called XRP a virtual currency, but actually outlined an example of why it is not a security. XRP is used as a conversion currency to convert crypto to convert fiat currencies 
into one another. For example, you can have a direct conversion between the Mexican peso and the Thai dollar by converting the peso into XRP and then the XRP into the Thai dollar. This is clearly a use case for XRP, but that's not the most exciting news we have for our listeners, James, as we found a document from a former, ah, my computer's messing, messing me up here. This is a document from a former SEC official highlighting the use cases of XRP and describing how it is not a security. So Johnny, I'm going to ask you to take the floor here because my computer is bugging out and just, just talk for a little bit while I get pulled this up. Yeah. So, you know, when we, when we think, I think one of the most important things for this whole industry to happen is what we just got through talking about interoperability. You have to have that. You can't have all these silo systems operating in, in, in individual silos. It's just not going to work. So what we want to see is which one of these is going to, again, making sure that we've got the right place. And then you have to have the second thing figured out, which is the business model, right? How are they going to make money off these things? For example, you said XRP, right? You send something over there. It's like 0.0001 XRP. It's like a tenth of a penny. But what are the banks going to do? They got to make money. They can't make money on that. So they'll, they'll charge like, oh, $8 fee <laughs> of cost of like tenth of a penny. It's literally going to be thousands of profit margins that they're going to make in these things when they start to get these systems in place apps. So you just have to remember one thing, folks. We're so damn early in this space that I know it feels like we're late. We're not. We have to let all these things go through. The development has to go through. The cycles have to go through. The systems need to be put in place. They got to get tested. They've got to get stress tested. They got to fail. They got to fix them. And then they're going to launch them. And then later on, boom, that adoption curve comes. And everybody who's been patient has been holding on all these years. This might take a few years. Trust me, I know. Don't do what I did in 1997, selling Amazon. You want to hold because it's going to be a beautiful thing five to 10 years from now. Beautiful. Thank you, Johnny. And for any of our listeners, that is why Johnny is the number one guy. No prep, nothing. He's good to go always. But we're going to dive into our news now because I pulled up this document from previous CFTC and SEC officials highlighting how XRP is not classified as a security. So in addition to FinCEN characteristic of XRP as a virtual currency, numerous high-ranking officials at the CFTC and the SEC have also advised that XRP is not a security. Specifically, several SEC officials have opined that Bitcoin and Ethereum, as well as other virtual currencies bearing the same characteristics, such as XRP, for example, are presumed not to be securities subject to the SEC's regulation. This is more important than ever because of the lawsuit that's obviously taking place. But I want to point out this highlight right here. It says cryptocurrencies, these are replacement for sovereign currencies. Replace the dollar, the euro, the yen with Bitcoin. That type of currency is not a security. James Rule, those quotes speak for themselves, but the CFTC and SEC are admitting XRP is not a security. How long until you're a billionaire? Uh, it's coming, baby. It's coming. Everything I have, you know, not financial advice, but I'm cash poor. Everything I have is in digital assets. Uh, I get paid in XRP every month based on a business partnership. I'm, I'm one of the rare... Uh, I guess you can call me rare because not many in the United States are getting paid solely in cryptocurrency or digital assets. So uh, a year ago or two years ago, we made a decision to go ahead and jump onto this digital age, this digital uh, train or roller coaster, and let's do it. Let's go all in. Let's, let's show the world that, that it can be done. But yeah, XRP is not a security. We all know that. You know, whenever Jay Clayton sued Ripple back in, December 2020, we were all getting ready to buy our Lambos, you know, right before that happened. But um, to me, I was there. To, yeah, honestly, I feel that it was done for a reason. 
I mean, what's actually going on behind closed doors? What what are the banks really working on behind closed doors? Which ecosystems are being used behind closed doors? Where what tests are being ran behind closed doors? Is this lawsuit being drug on because of that? Because they're waiting to flip the switch? Is things that make you go, hmm? And I, I ask myself that question every day. You know, James, is there a re- go ahead. Even to add to what you said, right before Ripple was sued by the SEC, the rumors were that they were going to IPO on the New York Stock Exchange. So that was another that another factor that could be playing in here. Not only were the banks afraid that that they were going to steal all their value from transferring money, also they were about to IPO on the New York Stock Exchange with a digital security supposedly being the center of their product. So it's a very interesting well, well get this, get get this. Oh, you're going to love this. Uh, six months ago, I purchased, I bought Ripple stock. And I bought Ripple stock through a company called Link2. And I bought the Ripple stock with XRP of the currency. And John Deaton and Jeremy Hogan, they already said, you cannot buy a security with a security. (laughs) Yeah. So when I bought Ripple, the stock, the pre-IPO, I bought it with XRP of the currency. Mic drop. Mic drop right there, Johnny. I'm laughing at this comment. It said the mafia is in the building. Share the knowledge, Johnny. What are you thinking here? That's an amazing quote. Johnny Crypto, also known as Johnny Mafia. What's on your mind, my friend? Yeah, to sell the one. He, I, I, I've, uh, he's helped me out a long time ago on something. So shout out to the sell the one. He's always been. A, he's a huge quant maxi, and uh, you know I think quant's got something there. But James Rule is right, man. We are onto something big here. Just back up the truck, like he said. I bought. I drove over a bunch of old fake Fiat old archaic systems getting that truck in place so i can just fill that soul bitch up with a butt there we go <laughs> i love that shirt man i gotta get me one of them shirts that is fantastic so guys if this live stream spontaneously gets cut off we know exactly who's targeting <laughs> us right now but gonzo yeah. i'd love to highlight this talk we've talked about this a couple of times this week but we haven't gotten your opinion yet ripple has rolled out a mass marketing campaign all around the world whether it's singapore london the uae and now new york city they just put out an ad in the Wall Street Journal talking about how crypto is the future of business. We always talk about that on our channel, but why do you believe Ripple is so open to marketing themselves in the United States while they're being sued by the SEC? Because I think they know they're going to win, right? They know they know what's in those emails. I think they have a good pulse on the case. Uh, but understand, too, that Ripple, it's not, and this goes to our whole argument, that XRP can exist without Ripple and Ripple can exist without XRP. There are plenty of products that Ripple has out there, right? And I think they're just kind of playing into the hype of the lawsuit and XRP because they're not just going to continue to just like push XRP. They're going to continue to push all of their products that they have, right? All of their messaging systems, all the products that they have and putting it in the Wall Street uh, Journal is genius, right? Because that's, that's what the finance world that's what they read. That's their Bible, right? The Wall Street Journal is. And so, yeah, I think we're going to continue to see this as we get like a ramp up to the to the end of the lawsuit. I, I think you're going to see Ripple out there more and more. Thank you. And I'd love to get a comment from James here because many of our listeners are asking in the live chat, what does James think about Sologenic? Ask him about Sologenic. So James, that's exactly what I'm going to do. What are you anticipating from Sologenic? We already highlighted how smart contracts and NFTs are coming to the XRPL. What role do you think Sologenic is going to play in that process? Well, I don't have much to say about it. I have minted NFTs on the Sologenic platform. I have a small bag of Solo. You know, I'm I'm not really going to say much about it. I haven't dove into it 
long enough to talk about it. But back on that Ripple article that you just showed in that newspaper, you know, I see it as Ripple's rubbing that shit in. You know, let's go ahead and post it at, at Wall Street. Let's go ahead and post it in the UK. Let's go ahead and plaster it out there because we're going to win this damn lawsuit and we're going to rub it in. And hopefully everybody in the U.S. government, the SEC, CFTC are going to see these articles. So that's the way I see it. Let's rub that shit in. We're winning, baby. <laughs> Johnny Crypto, any remarks? Sorry, I saw you unmuted. Uh, no, I, you know, I was just going to say, I think it's, it really means to me, it's it's a confidence thing. It's like if they're sitting out there, right, and they're going around in the U.S., which we know is where they're being sued, and they're sticking their finger basically <laughs> in, the, in the nose or the eye of the SEC, it kind of tells me that they probably already know this thing is hook, line, and sinker done, and they're just waiting for, you know, the formalities to come out, I suspect. You know, I don't really want to see them do that because you don't want to poke the bear, but the reality is I think – you know, now that they got the emails, they have information we don't. I'm sure there's some smoking guns in those emails that's probably going to lead to the end of this case soon. So, you know, I hope either one or two things happen. I hope either somehow those emails get leaked out to the public and then it's like, oh, well, don't know what happened. Or uh, or we just get the end of this case. One or the other, I think, is still going to end up in a good ruling for, for XRP. But ultimately, that's what we're all waiting to see. Thank you, Johnny. In the last article, I know we only got about a minute left. I did want to show our listeners Shark Tank star Kevin O'Leary says crypto holders will witness something remarkable in January of 2023. Well, what is that, my friends? This year, you're going to see crypto at the top of the list of what's being discussed by global bankers, specifically around payment systems, Jamie Dimon. So this is where banks are transferring money between each other. And specifically, SWIFT is used for international payments. We've talked about this enough on the channel, but I did just want to show that for our listeners. We're going to close this episode out the same way we always do by saying thank you to each one of our special guests. Thank you to James Rule XRP. Thank you to Johnny Crypto. And thank you to Gonzo. Another amazing episode. We got 310 live listeners. Show us some love. Smash that like button on the way out of here. And like we always say, Warriors, rise. Get your shit together, baby. Thank you for joining us. Let's, Let's go. Go. Baby.